0: 877-381-3811. 877 381 Well, obviously, what took place in Buffalo was a horrendous mass murder, crime, and a, uh, a race-based slaughter. There's no question about it. And... This man is 18 years old, so he's an adult. I don't know if New York has the death penalty or not, but if it does, I mean, I know innocent until proven guilty, but if it does and he's proven guilty, they ought to try and use it. All the people who suffer just going shopping. The family's devastated. That's why I constantly say we're red-blooded Americans. We're red-blooded Americans, and these racists who are on TV, and they're still at it all weekend long, it's just sickening what the corporate media do. It is just horrendous. The nation is becoming increasingly diverse mostly to immigration but whatever the reason and so more the need to keep the nation together more the need to have faith more the need for the media to conduct itself responsibly but it won't in fact when something like this happens they go into hyper attack mode Now, over at Right Scoop, our buddy Brian has laid out a pretty good case, breaking down what this manifesto says via Tom Elliott. He says the racist shooter in Buffalo left 10 dead in a grocery store this weekend, wrote a manifesto before the shooting. In the manifesto, he reveals that he chose his own state of New York in part because of the restrictive gun laws. Via Tom Elliott, why did you choose redacted for the place of the attack? This is out of the manifesto. Has the highest black population percentage. He put the zip code and isn't that far away. Plus, New York has heavy gun laws. So would it easy for me if I knew that any legally armed civilian was limited to 10 round magazines. Or a number of firearms. I replaced the name of the city to redact it because I prefer that the FBI and local police don't know until the attack has started. After the attack, can somebody switch it over, please? This shows you what what a head case this guy is. Obviously, the shooter is a racist and he readily admits it. Are you a fascist? Yes, fascism is one of the only political ideologies that will unite whites against the replacers, since that is what I seek, calling me a fascist would be accurate. Are you a white supremacist? Yes, I would call myself a white supremacist. After all, which race is responsible for the world we live in today? I believe the white race is superior in the brain to all other races. Are you a racist? Yes, I'm a racist, because I believe in differences of capabilities between races. Are you tolerant? Sure, the vast... Virtues of a dying nation are tolerance and apathy, and I want none of it. Are you an anti-Semite? Yes, in bold double exclamation mark. I wish all Jews to hell, go back to hell where you came from, demon. But in reality, a Jew confined to Judea, where he can't spread his people or beliefs, is a no so- concern to me. It's important to note their proper connection. To the internet, that is impossible. In terms of his own political ideology, which he's clearly thought long and hard about, the shooter says he wants nothing to do with conservatism. Rather, he says he thinks of himself more as a socialist authoritarian leftist. In other words, a national socialist of the Hitler kind. Are you a conservative? Excuse me. No. Conservatism is corporatism in disguise. I want no part of it. Are you a homophobe, anti-LGBTQ? So he asks himself these questions, and then he answers them. I believe that problems involving the LGB, drop the T, are very insignificant. If one is actually part of the LGB or LGB group, and they are loyal to their people, that's fine with me. Transgenderism, however, is a mental illness and should be addressed as such. Are you right-wing, depending on the definition? Sure. Are you left-wing, depending on the definition? Sure. Are you a socialist? Depending on the definition. Worker ownership of the means of production, it depends on who those workers are, their intentions, who currently owns the means of production, their intentions, and who currently owns the state and their intentions. Did you always hold these views? When I was 21, I was deep into communist ideology, talk to anyone from my old high school and ask about me and you will hear you will hear that. From age 15 to 18, however, I consistently move farther to the right on the political compass. I fall in the mild moderate authoritarian left category and I prefer to be called a populist. Were your beliefs given to you by your family, friends, society, etc.? No, politics was never really discussed in my family or with old friend groups, do you cons- what do you consider white? Those that are ethnically and culturally European. The shooter claims he became a racist during the 2020 pandemic while learning the truth, quote-unquote, from 4chan. I don't know, what is 4chan, Mr. Producer? It's a blogging site? About how the white race is dying out. Was there a particular event or reason you decided to commit to a violent act? Before I begin, I will say that I was not born racist nor grew up to be racist. I simply became racist after I learned the truth. Excuse me, folks. I started browsing 4chan in May 2020 after extreme boredom. Remember, this was during the outbreak of COVID. I would normally browse. Uh, because I'm a gun nut, and because I love the outdoors, and I eventually wound up on whatever. There I learned through infographics, uh, cursing, and memes that the white race is dying out, the blacks are disproportionately killing whites, and the average black takes 700000 from taxpayers in their lifetime, and that the Jews and the elite were behind it all. Of course. Excuse me folks From there. I also found other sites like and I'm not gonna name them all Of course the daily stormer remember that one mr. producer the nazi site They've always been hooked on me Had me there with a hooked nose and a star David on my chest or on my hat or whatever it was From there I also found other sites Where I learned the truth, we're doomed by low birth rates and high rates of immigration. Never even saw this information until I found these sites, since mostly I would get my news from wherever. Claims to be a lone wolf, saying he belongs to no group, and this is all his own doing. Turns out last year he underwent a mental evaluation after threatening to shoot at his own high school. The white gunman accused of committing a racist massacre at a Buffalo supermarket, writes the news, made threatening comments that brought police to his high school last spring. But he was never charged with a crime and had no further contact with law enforcement after his release from a hospital, official said. Law enforcement officials revealed Sunday that the New York State police troopers had been called to the shooter's high school last June for a report that the shooter then 17 had made threatening statements. And it goes on. And they have these red flag laws in uh, in New York. Apparently, they didn't use it. So uh, that's some of the background. And of course, the other side of the country. Um, turns out, a Chinese immigrant went into a church. Um, where there were Taiwanese worshipers shot up the place, but the worshipers wound up grabbing him, getting him to the ground, hog tying him with a telephone wire and so forth. One dead four critically wounded one, uh, wounded, but not critically. And then it all starts. Then it all starts. It must be Fox. It must be Fox hosts. It must be those who want to secure the border and oppose an open border. It must be those who want legal immigration. It must be Trump and the Trump supporters. Biden issues a statement about how America has this hate. America doesn't have hate. We're not defined by the lowest, the lowest among us. And of course, Biden is very selective about who dies and how they die. Because he doesn't view Americans the way, say, we do. Black, white, brown, red, yellow, everything in between as human beings, as Americans, as red-blooded. And so he dehumanizes. And this is part of the problem. When you dehumanize individuals, when you dehumanize babies, when everything's about power politics, and you'll use race, economics, age, religion, anything humanly possible to take advantage, and to get advantage over your opponents, as the nation becomes increasingly diverse, this is a huge problem. And I think the more that critical race theory is pushed into this society, the more violence we're going to see as well. And as Matt Margolis points out at PJ Media, after ignoring, how do you pronounce this, Waukesha, he ignored that. He ignored the racially motivated killing in Waukesha by the guy who, who rode the SUV. See, right, Biden's planned trip to Buffalo stands in stark contrast to his refusal to visit Waukesha, Wisconsin, after black nationalist support of Black Lives Matter drove an SUV through a Christmas parade in a racially motivated attack that killed six people, including an eight-year-old boy. The driver... Darrell Brooks had previously called for violence against white people and suggested Hitler was right for killing Jews in posts on social media. You notice, Mr. Producer, that whether it's the guy in Buffalo or the guy in Waukesha, it's always the Jews. I'm, I'm just pointing it out. The Jews are behind it. Then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki claimed that Biden wouldn't be visiting Waukesha because the trip requires a lot of assets, quote unquote. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we had a president who would stand up and try and unite the people against evil, both domestic and overseas? Wouldn't that be fantastic if we had a president who would communicate that? Rather than look for his opportunity to exploit and expose and do whatever they do on the political left. Wouldn't that be fantastic Well, we can dream, can't we? Because we don't have such a president. We don't have such a Speaker of the House. We don't have individuals on TV with any sort of compassion or responsibility. Joe Scarborough going on about pushing replacement theory throughout Fox. Eugene Robinson, a leftist at the Washington Post. The Buffalo killer heard a call to action from Fox News. These are sick comments. Bakari Sellers, political commentator on CNN. This is who we are as Americans. Just shocking. It'll never end. Because people talk like this. In the face of evil. In the face of murder. Murder. They don't think twice about the people who've died. They don't know their names. They don't know their families. They're not even interested. You're interested in getting a hand up on the other guy. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. To get your free subscription, go to LevinforHillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, there's a phrase out there called replacement theory, and I must confess, I never heard of it before. And yet it's all over the media, replacement theory, the replacement theory as I understand it is that the majority white population is going to be replaced collectively with a minority population, so the majority white population becomes the minority population. And uh, in part, what these media figures and politicians are saying, that's what drove this guy, may have. But why do we need explanations from the very people who have created such a corrosive culture and society in the media and the Democrat party I want to revisit this after the bottom of the hour these are the people contributing to the hateful poisonous, bigoted, racist narrative and then they sit back and they point fingers at everybody else What had nothing to do with anything I'll be right back To get your free subscription, go to LevinforHillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. More logic than
1: allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811.
0: Replacement Theory. Again, I had never heard of that before. Shame on me, I suppose. But I have heard of the Latcrit movement, and I did write about it in American Marxism. And it's interesting how that is completely and utterly ignored. Completely and utterly ignored. Now we have to be able to have an honest discussion about some of these things. But the Joe Scarboroughs and his ilk, they don't want to. Replacement theory, if I understand it, is advanced by the left. And it's unfortunate we have to get into the mud like this, isn't it? But it's advanced by the left. Something called Latina-Latino critical race theory, or LATCRIT. And Lindsay Perez Huber, a post-doctoral scholar, quote unquote, at UCLA wrote, it involves experiences unique to the Latina, Latino communities, such as immigration, status, language, ethnicity, culture. A Lackert analysis has allowed researchers to develop the conceptual framework of racist nativism, a lens that highlights the intersection of racism, nativism. But what's the bottom line? Promoted by some of these radicals in the grip movement. I guess it's replacement theory. I guess it's replacement theory. And in this theory, they essentially say there's no such thing as illegal immigration. Because the indigenous peoples in this country they called united statesians the white people in the united states are united statesians or minorities who support the existing culture and society are united statesians it's the united statesian versus the indigenous peoples and people who are coming across the border for the most part they argue illegally or otherwise, are the indigenous people. So how can they be illegal aliens? And it goes on and on and on. And this stuff is taught in our colleges and universities. And Latino Americans who reject this ideology are said to be embracing repressive tolerance. The phenomenon becomes more complex when the colonized internalize the colonist mentality and become part of the colonizing majority in a pluralist capitalist democracy, those who have internalized the oppressor's mentality can become part of the colonizing structure and support many of its actions. So if people assimilate into this culture, into this society, <clears throat> with different backgrounds, if they're brown or black or red or yellow, whatever they are, they have been snuckered. And they have sold out to the, quote, colonizing white majority. These are quotes from the scholarship out there. So this is the, called Latcrit, it's a Latcrit movement, it is an ideology, it is taught throughout our colleges and universities, every bit as much as CRT. And it sounds to me, maybe I'm wrong, Mr. Producer, doesn't that sound to you like the replacement theory? They're certainly promoting it, of a sort. And that's problematic. Whatever happened to assimilation? Whatever happened to E Pluribus Unum that used to be the the statement of the United States, the official statement of the United States? Now it's in God we trust. But it used to be E Pluribus Unum. From many one. But it doesn't feel that way anymore, does it? Doesn't it feel like that's being promoted or taught or reported on or anything of the kind? Just turn on MSNBC or CNN. Read the New York Times, if you must, or the Washington Post. And then there are these nutjobs. Who embrace this stuff. Whether they be on the right or the left. And I've said many, many times before, we're not on the right or the left. We are constitutional conservatives. I've done everything possible behind this microphone to condemn the racists out there. Name many of them. The bigots out there. Name any of them. As much as I can. Now, there was a police officer who was a security guard at this grocery store. As you probably heard by now, who was a hero? And he pulled his gun and he shot this killer a couple of times, but he was wearing body armor. And then he was shot dead. And Michael Steele, the former head of the former lieutenant governor, I guess, of Maryland and head of the RNC. He took a different kind of lesson from this. He took a different lesson from this. Being prodded by his his friend Mika Brzezinski. Cut three, go.
2: A good guy with a gun has... Absolutely no chance against a bad guy with a whatever automatic weapon and all the gear that he was wearing and also live streaming it
1: on his head yeah it just kind of it defeats the the ongoing narrative that you hear uh after crises like that well you know if they were only armed if people were armed with with weapons you know they could have put it down yeah okay this guy is fully body armored unless everybody in the store is fully body armored um no you're not so this is
0: the lesson from michael Steele. you got one case where a guy is fully body armored And a guy with a gun, he's the security guard. He's not just a customer who's armed. He's the security guard. That's his job. He's a police officer. And he tries to take him down, and he can't because the killer is armed. And has armor on him. Is that the lesson, ladies and gentlemen? They're case after case after case where people are armed and they saved an enormous number of lives. And in the end, it took armed police officers to stop this madman from killing more people. But always driving the agenda, always driving the politics. It's sickening. Mika Brzezinski and Michael Steele are sickening to me. We don't even know all the facts here. We know this. They have. They have the. Uh... We know a little bit, but we don't know enough. We know that he threatened his school a year earlier or so. Police were aware of it. We know he had a visitation period at a hospital. We know that New York has some of the strictest gun laws in the country including the red flag law which apparently wasn't triggered. Yeah, I would have wanted to have a pistol. Would have been able to take a shot at the guy, maybe I hit him in the head, you don't know. It's better than not being armed in a situation like that, but but look at what the, look at what they talk about here. And I got clip after clip after clip of this insanity. Absolute insanity. I want you to listen to this Joe Scarborough. He's a very sick, hateful SOB. Cut five, go. What was so
1: fascinating about the confessory story was uh, that the it was What act- story,
0: Mr. Benes. Yeah, but that's not what he said. What did he what was the word he used? Confess story. Let's start from the top again.
1: So fascinating about the confessory story was uh, that it was actually Fox News uh, executives uh, who were scouring the minutes and 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 trying to push uh, that sort of programming on day side, trying to move that sort of programming across all what, what, what sort of
0: programming mumbles. Are you blaming the Fox News channel or hosts on the Fox News channel for mass murder? If that's what you're doing, then come out and say it in plain English. What kind of a mind do you have? What kind of a human being are you? How do we know it wasn't Joe Scarborough Mika Brzezinski? The guy said... Basically, he's a left-wing fascist. Well, what shows better to watch than on MSNBC and CNN? What newspaper better to read than the New York Times and the Washington Post? I mean, that could be said, could it not? Go ahead. So you say uh, scouring so, the minutes. What do you mean? What is?
2: Just so our viewers understand. They were looking, we're just at, what, looking
1: what at just looking Just looking at the minute by minute to see the mm-hmm. ratings, to see what was working. So what?
0: So what? And he cites, of course, the New York Times story. Or a series of stories, 20,000 words on Carlson. He cites the New York Times. Which not only covered up, but promoted Stalin, who was slaughtering millions of Ukrainians in 1932-33. He cites the New York Times which did a hell of a job covering up the Holocaust, whose correspondent in Berlin was sympathetic to the Nazis. He cites the New York Times, whose reporter was paramount in bringing Fidel Castro to power. He cites the New York Times, whose ancestors were slave owners. Go ahead.
1: Fox News executives uh, were then trying to push that across the entire channel. So this is not an isolated case. This is
0: where where do you get all this from, Joey? You're projecting. There's a lot of disagreement on the Fox News channel among hosts, among guests. I see none on your pathetic excuse for a carbon footprint. None. From you two pukes. To this guy, Chris Hayes, what a bizarro. To Rachel Maddow, to Al Sharpton, to Joy Reid, one reprobate after another. Remember what the man wrote. He was of the ideology of the left. I'm sure Joe Scarborough had a graphic and explain that. Didn't he? Here's Eugene Robinson of the Washington Post. Same show. Cut six. Go
2: free speech isn't free. Speech has consequences. And what they are doing and they're doing it deliberately and knowingly is they're going after
1: votes, campaign contributions, television ratings with with rhetoric that they know is false. They know is inflammatory. They know
0: arouses mm-hmm. you know, passions. And you know, they this know- is amazing. This is amazing. For the last week, we've watched Fools like this and a network of fools like that pushing protests against Supreme Court justices because they won't mandate throughout the country abortion on demand, including partial birth abortion. They're using rhetoric that could get somebody killed. Two summers ago, they did the same thing. Their mob, extraordinarily violent. Same thing. Joe Scarborough will never call out Joy Reid. Mika Brzezinski will never call out Tiffany Cross. Eugene Robinson will never call out Chris Hayes. I call out host, don't I, Mr. Producer? From time to time, I'll be right back.
3: Much love
0: in, folks. It's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. In Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For fifty years, In Primus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hansen, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over six point two million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today. At absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. We have uh, people in this country who cannot stop pushing race and racism. And now, if you believe in a colorblind society that we're all red blooded Americans, there's something wrong with you. We really have these incredibly irresponsible corporate media platforms. And so now it's Donald Trump's fault with replacement theory because Donald Trump wants to secure the border. So now if you want to have a sovereign country and secure the border with blacks, browns, whites, reds, yellows, everything in between in our country, obviously you're promoting racism and hate. The American Marxist movement takes every opportunity to trash the people of this country and this country. And people roll over. This mass murder in Buffalo by this racist is sickening. It's disgusting. And the fact that New York doesn't have a death penalty infuriates me. You know, one of the things is when I decided where was I going to live when I joined the Reagan administration, I specifically picked Virginia because it had a death penalty. I think they got rid of it under the prior administration or did something to it. But I want a death penalty. and but at this constant drumbeat and I'm not talking about failing to call out real racists certainly mass murders who slaughter people because of their race or faith or whatever absolutely but that's not what we're talking about that's not what I'm talking about I'll discuss this briefly further next hour I'll be right back
1: in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our
0: leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want to tell you a little bit more about baby formula. If you watch the Sunday shows, you learn nothing. Uh, and by that, I mean the Sunday magazine shows and you usually actually become dumber. That's why I don't watch them. There's a great site, FEE.com. It's a freedom-based site. It's a, it's, a, it's a group that's been around since I was a kid. It's been around a long, long time. And of course, the propagandists like Budajesh and the others are out there left and right. But as they write here, Christina. No, that's not her. All right, it, it cut off on my printer, but let's get to the facts. Few may realize it, but baby formula is one of the most regulated food products in America. You know who said that? The New York Times. Back in March 2021, Christina Salinsky, writing in the New York Times, said baby formula is one of the most tightly regulated food products in the U.S. With the Food and Drug Administration dictating the nutrients and vitamins and setting strict rules about how formula is produced, packaged, and labeled. Well, there's only four companies that do this. Well, now you know why. It's so heavily regulated, nobody can really break into the market. Despite these regulations, more likely because of them, many American parents buy unapproved, unapproved European formula, even though New York Times reporter Zelensky notes it's technically against the law. There are large Facebook groups devoted to European formulas, she writes, where parents share spreadsheets and detailed notes on ingredients and how these formulas compare in their U.S. counterparts, she notes. This was written a year ago. Some caregivers report choosing them because European brands offer certain formula options like those made from goat's milk or milk from, from pasture-raised cows, which are rare or non-existent in an FDA-regulated form in the U.S. Others seek out European brands because of the perception that the formulas are of a higher quality and that European formula regulations are stricter, she wrote. So on this sort of black market, it turns out Americans are willing to pay big bucks for European formula. Zelensky says that on one website selling EU baby formula, you'll find German imports that run roughly $26 for a 400-gram box, which is about quadruple the price of the top U.S. baby formulas recommended by the Times. Now at times, these nefarious black market imports have resulted in high-profile busts. Like in April 2021, when U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents in Philadelphia seized 588 cases of baby formula valued at $30,000 that violated the FDA's, quote, import safety regulations, unquote. So European babies are drinking this stuff left and right, you see, but our FDA won't allow these formulas into the United States. Some may contend the FDA is simply keeping Americans and their babies safe, which is no doubt what regulators want you to believe. But this overlooks an inconvenient fact. Despite the FDA's efforts, Americans are consuming vast amounts of black market baby formula and the children are doing just fine. The government's regulatory war on baby formula imports isn't the only way it has contributed to the baby formula shortage. Tariffs have also played a role. Cato scholar Scott Lintxamomi pointed out on Twitter, the U.S. government imposes a stiff levy on baby formula, technically a tariff rate quota, that amounts to 18%. There's general agreement among economists that tariffs create market distortion, so remove the tariffs from the baby formula. The Biden administration is serious about dressing the baby formula. They'd forget about working around the clock, quote-unquote, and simply abolish abolish the protectionist policies and regulations that are making it more difficult to purchase baby formula. Some may contend that this would result in more foreign imports of baby formula of questionable quality. But it's a mistake to believe that bureaucrats in Washington or anywhere for that matter have the proper formula that meets some universal standard. Indeed, as the Times Zelensky points out in her article... Though the European Union and the U.S. both require a bunch of the same vitamins and minerals and baby formula, there's some striking differences as well, particularly in iron content and an omega-3 fatty acid, DHA, because the EU requires high levels of DHA, something that isn't required at all in the U.S. Nearly all American baby formulas fail to meet the European Union standard. Currently, the only U.S. formula that would meet the EU's requirement for DHA is the new infant formula, Bobby, writes Zelensky. As a self-described European-style formula, Bobby is marketed as an FDA-regulated alternative to European formulas. So bureaucrats in Washington, no doubt, will tell you their formula is the correct and healthy one, while bureaucrats in the EU almost certainly would contend they have the right mixture of ingredients. So this invites an important question. Who actually has the best baby for, for infants, the US or the EU? Many may think they know, but the economist Thomas Saul reminds us this is the wrong question. Saul says the most basic question is not what is best, but who shall decide what is best. And what Saul was getting at is that consumers with skin in the game must ultimately decide what product or service is best for them. And government attempts to regulate that choice invariably make it more difficult for consumers to get the best product at the best price. The real bosses in the capitalist system of market economy are the consumers, wrote the great Ludwig von Mises in his book, Bureaucracy. They, by their buying and by their abstention from buying, decide who should own the capital and run the plants. They determine what should be produced and in what quantity and quality. Their attitudes result either in profit or loss. For the enterpriser, the baby formula shortage is the latest example that shows most people in Washington need to crack open some Mises and Seoul and stop trying to provide solutions to markets. Exactly right. And I touched on this the other night, but this is more information for you. The baby formula market is extremely, extensively regulated. And they can blame Abbott all they want. They can say there's only four manufacturers all they want. If they were really serious about competition, they'd allow the formula from the European Union countries to come into the United States, which are also heavily regulated, but provide an entirely additional choice for the mothers in this country who are trying to find formula for their babies. And perhaps this is why Biden is now asking other countries to send formula to the United States. We've been working so hard to solve this problem, they said. But it's the problem of capitalism in the market, said Buttigieg. Isn't it a shame that these Sunday shows, that the hosts are so ideological, they're not informed enough to ask tough questions? Rational questions? about a market system that is controlled by the Feds, that's why you have four manufacturers. That's why there are shortages. It's not capitalism, it's the anti-capitalists. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, Levin Podcast, L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back, America. We have a special guest, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Senator, how are you, sir? Uh Uh-oh. Hello. Are you there, Senator? All right, Mr. Producer, do we have Senator Cruz? We'll get him back. This is bizarro. Senator Cruz had asked to come on. We're going to discuss Ukraine and Russia briefly. That is, efforts to provide Ukraine with additional support. Uh, There is a report that Russia has lost one-third of its combat forces in Ukraine. Did you ever think that would happen? That's according to the British Defense Ministry. The British really have, in my view, been leading the way along with the Poles. and uh, Biden has been a day late and a dollar short, but I think we're trying to catch up now. And I've tried to explain over and over again that the Russians need to be defeated. They need to be defeated right there in Ukraine. They need to be pushed back. And that's the kind of reset we need in Europe, not a reset where Russia would have gone through Ukraine like crap through a goose, and then worked its way into Poland and Romania and some of the other countries on the, uh, on the border with Ukraine, if that were the case. Now then, you would drag the United States into a war. So those uh, Putinoids out there, who, I'm not for Putin, I'm really not, and then they uh, slobber all over the guy. You know, it wasn't that long ago, I remember, when uh, we patriots patriots would have been united on this issue. And having spoken to President Trump, I know that he would have pushed hard against Putin and the Russians for invading Ukraine. And it's not an either-or choice. Either we secure our border or we help them with theirs. This administration, long before Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, was supporting open borders. So, or uh, it's like it's like the uh, the new line is we. What about baby formula? Rather than spending money helping Ukraine, it's not one or the other. <laughs> We've had this baby formula problem brewing since before, again, Russia invaded Ukraine. So it's quite preposterous to take this position and so i don't and i won't here's the piece russia's likely lost one-third of its ground combat forces in ukraine and the forces who remain are depleted and have been unable to make any territorial progress in recent weeks british intelligence officials said early sunday by the way that that doesn't mean the fighting isn't difficult it's been very very difficult senator cruz are you there sir
2: Mark, I am. Good to be with
0: you. Oh, the Russians are obviously tapping into your phone and cutting you off. Can you hear me? I have a question. A vote is coming up tomorrow, right, to to, uh, provide support for Ukraine or not. Isn't that true?
2: Well, we had the initial vote tonight, and then there'll be a second vote on Wednesday.
0: Tell us about it.
2: Well, the vote is whether to provide additional military assistance to Ukraine. Uh, I think it's a very important vote. Uh, I recognize that, that a lot of folks are concerned about the amount of the vote, $40 billion. I'm concerned about it. It's too much, and there's too much that is extraneous to the military needs. That being said, I voted yes today, and I will be voting yes on Wednesday. And, and the reason is, I think it is very much in America's national security interest that Putin be defeated, that Russia lose. Putin is trying to reassemble the old Soviet Union. He is trying to get stronger, and Putin is an enemy of America. And if Putin succeeds, it will hurt America, it will endanger American lives, it will drive up energy costs even more. And I think it is overwhelmingly in our interest for the Ukrainians to defend their country with their lives, not American soldiers, and right now, as you were just sharing, that they are fighting heroically. They're, they're winning significant victories, but they're running out of ammunition. They're running out of missiles. And I think we want to see them continue defeating the Russians, uh, and that makes America safer.
0: So you're obviously a warmonger. You're obviously a neocon. <laughs> you're obviously trying to uh, cause a nuclear war and drag somebody else's children into battle, right? isn't that the way the argument goes pretty much
2: well you know unfortunately in today's hyper divided world a, a lot of people suggest that except I, I think nobody could credibly claim that about you and nobody could credibly claim that about me uh when it comes to this war in ukraine i will admit i'm deeply frustrated because this didn't have to happen this was mm-hmm. preventable the reason the war happened in ukraine is because of joe biden's incredible weakness because of his disastrous surrender to the Taliban in Afghanistan, and most indefensibly, because he waived sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, sanctions that I authored, that I wrote into law, and that Donald Trump signed, which had stopped that pipeline. And, and Joe Biden's surrender to Putin allowed Putin to build that pipeline, which is what triggered this invasion. So it is an unnecessary war. But once this war happens, We don't want Putin to win. Putin's winning is bad for America. And I'll tell you another reason why it's bad for America, because China is watching. She is watching. When we withdrew from Afghanistan, when when Biden had his disastrous surrender to the Taliban, I said at the time, the chances of Putin invading Ukraine have just risen tenfold. And the chances of China invading Taiwan have risen tenfold right now she is watching what happens in ukraine and every day this goes on every the worse it gets for russia the greater a deterrence we have to communist china and i'll tell you what it'll cost us a whole lot more if china is emboldened and begins invading pacific neighbors than if china is deterred and says you know i don't want to get into unnecessary wars my objective is avoid war, and the way to do it, just like Ronald Reagan understood, was through peace, through strength, not through weakness.
0: I don't un- understand why this is so complicated. Number one, if he had shot through Ukraine, he would have hit other countries. He said so in his yep. 9,000 word, uh, whatever somebody else wrote. Uh, manifesto over the summer. I mean, they, they weren't going to stop with Ukraine, and he made that abundantly clear. That's number one. Number two, um, now we get to reset Europe. That is the good guys, the West, yes. based on what yes. Putin has done. And number three, I'm, I have a little bit of a different opinion. I think Xi is going to invade Taiwan no matter what we do. He's going to learn from what's going on here, which is one reason we need to pass a bill, That provides the kind of military equipment the Taiwanese need, because I'll tell you something, Senator Cruz. If China attacks Taiwan, we're not going to be able to easily resupply Taiwan because it's an island. They're going to surround the island with their navy. They're going to make it almost impossible to provide them with food, provide them with weaponry by air or by sea. It's a totally different situation in that respect.
2: No, you're exactly right and 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 I have long been a vocal advocate of of providing military equipment to Taiwan because we want our friends and allies strong and we want our enemies weak. And and one of the things to understand about Taiwan, if 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 China succeeds in conquering Taiwan, it is incredibly bad for the United States and it's incredibly bad both for our national security and for our economy because If China conquers Taiwan, it would give communist China a stranglehold over semiconductor production worldwide. And that would mean every one of us that has a cell phone, every one of us that has has any electronic devices, whether you're talking about technology, whether you're talking about cars, whether you're talking about planes, or whether you're talking about missiles to defend ourselves, we would suddenly be dependent on the Chinese communists. That is a very, very bad outcome for America, it drives up costs for America and it endangers our lives. Far better to deter that attack. And I think what is happening now is, is an essential part of trying to have that strong deterrence.
0: Senator Cruz, I'd like to hold you over briefly for the break. I want to continue sure. to pursue this. I put your picture on my website and say good guy because I know your picture will show up and say bad guy somewhere. I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless.
1: This is the Ministry of Truth, The Mark Levin Show. Call in now 877
0: 381 3811. Senator Ted Cruz is with us. Senator Ted Cruz, I have a question for you. The um, sure. borders wide wide open affects your state and a handful of other states directly. I mean the whole country but directly in a very very significant way. You're applying enormous amount of state resources to this. You're a constitutional expert yourself. Article 2 of the Constitution compels the president and by uh, the president and his surrogates to faithfully execute the laws of the United States. Now when they're specifically violating our immigration laws, is that not an offense of an impeachable kind, or at least something to that degree?
2: I I think there is a powerful argument that it is. Uh, Just last month, in the month of April, 234,000 illegal immigrants crossed. That, that that's a rate of two and a half million per year. last year, we had two million illegal immigrants cross the highest rate in sixty one years it It is an invasion we're seeing in the state of Texas and across the country and And we have never seen a president refuse to enforce the law the way Joe Biden did. Even Barack Obama, who was a disastrous president, Barack Obama deported millions of people who crossed illegally. There were major portions of the law he wouldn't enforce. But no one has ever done what Joe Biden is doing, which is simply releasing the people he catches. And and it is open borders. It is lawlessness. As you know, I do a podcast every week called Verdict with Ted Cruz. On the podcast, I've described how if and when Republicans win a majority in November, and I think we're likely to win a majority in both the House and the Senate, that I think the odds are very high we will see impeachment proceedings begin in the House, because this president is utterly defying the constitutional obligation to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, and, and it is causing enormous suffering and harm in the United States as a result.
0: It, it is just shocking to me. Uh, and, and he's got a big portion of the media behind him, no matter what he does, which brings me to my next point. We don't really have a free press in this country in the sense that they want to get the facts and report the news in as even-handed way as possible. I don't see it, do you?
2: Well, no, and that's, that's one of the really the great benefits of the Trump presidency is, is it unmasked the corporate media. And, and the corrupt corporate media, they are biased, they are dishonest. And, you know, five, six years ago, people used to argue that the corporate media wasn't biased. Nobody argues that anymore. They're so obviously uh, partisans. They, they, they hate Donald Trump so much that they, 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 they froth at the mouth. And, and so what intelligent people do are all the folks listening to your show. They find alternative avenues. They listen to your show. They go to podcasts. They, they, they go and find ways to get around the corrupt corporate media. And, and, and listen, I think we should take solace in the fact that, that, that something like CNN+, Plus. Failed as a disastrous uh, failure within a matter of weeks. They couldn't get 10,000 paid subscribers. But listen, on on my podcast, Verdict, we have more listeners to Verdict than CNN has in their morning shows. And it's because Mm -hmm. the corporate media, they don't pretend to be journalists anymore. They're partisans. And so smart, active citizens have to find other ways to find out what's really going on.
0: All right, let's move. The Supreme Court of the United States, you were a clerk. Remind everyone who you clerked for.
2: Chief Justice William
0: Rehnquist. Rehnquist. And uh, you know the importance of confidentiality, so justices and their clerks can circulate opinions, give forthright opinions until they issue their final opinion. And... um, how much damage was done, and what do you make of the protests and the refusal by the Attorney General to prosecute people in violation of federal law?
2: Well, the, the leak of the opinion is the gravest violation of the trust of the Supreme Court in the history of our nation. Uh, it, it is difficult to overstate how great a violation. The, the, the Supreme Court depends upon the ability to have confidential deliberations, for a justice to circulate opinions, for others to comment on it. They make hundreds, sometimes thousands of changes. And, and, and in more than two centuries of our nation's history, no draft opinion has ever been leaked until this, this instance. And I am convinced it is a woke, angry, left-wing clerk who released the opinion in an effort to, to, to lobby and intimidate and threaten the justices, You then saw left-wing partisans cheering the leak. You saw the White House refusing to condemn it. You saw left-wing activist groups putting out the home addresses of justices. And we've seen angry protesters at the homes of these justices. Now, listen, you go to someone's home in order to intimidate them, in order to threaten their family. That's where their children sleep. There is a federal statute that makes it a crime to protest at the home of a judge or justice when a case is pending, and yet this Department of Justice refuses to enforce the law, refuses to prosecute these protesters, because the Biden administration supports the bullying and the threats and the intimidations and the threats of violence trying to corrupt the rule of law.
0: And, of course, they've threatened parents, too. Who, uh, yeah, who dare to speak loudly at school board meetings and so forth, even though they have no jurisdiction whatsoever. So they cite these uh, national security Patriot Act rules, and uh, it's pretty outrageous. Uh,
2: it, it is, you know. the The next book I have coming out this fall is is a book titled "Justice Corrupted: How the Left Has Weaponized Our Legal System," and 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 it talks front and center about how Barack Obama started it and Joe Biden has accelerated using the Department of Justice, using the FBI as a weapon to target their political enemies. And and whether it is standing aside with the lawlessness of BLM and, and Antifa riots, or standing aside and encouraging violent lawlessness outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, it is profoundly dangerous to those of us who believe that justice should be blind, that it should be impartial, and, and not take political party in, into account, unfortunately, these wild-eyed radicals want to use the law to punish their enemies, and it is dangerous, right down to, as you pointed out, Merrick Garland directing the FBI, go and target parents at school boards as domestic terrorists. It's wrong, it's an abuse of power, and it's profoundly dangerous to our freedoms and, and our constitutional republic.
0: All right, I need a little help on a uh, decision I have to make. Uh, Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney have been thrown into the same district in the (laughs) uh, Empire State of New York. And here's my problem, Ted Cruz. If I say I want one to lose over the other, they'll probably use that in a campaign ad saying, see, he wants... I was going to ask you what you would prefer, and I'm afraid they would do the same exact thing with you. Should we use reverse psychology or just let the... uh, worst person win and the worst person lose.
2: You you know, it reminds me of the old joke of two folks you don't like if they go down in a ship, who would be saved? And the answer is the Republic. Um, (laughs) I don't know that I have a view on it, but but I will say Nadler in in sort of an odd backhanded compliment during the ridiculous Trump impeachment trial, he provided maybe my favorite moment of the entire trial when Adam Schiff was getting up for his closing and, and Nadler strode to the podium, And just began talking, and poor Schiff stood behind him going, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And Nadler just ignored him entirely. I'll tell you, half the senators were doubled over laughing at watching Nadler get in between Adam Schiff and a TV camera.
0: Yeah, nobody remembers what he said either. Isn't that amazing? That is Nadler. (laughs) But we remember Schiff complaining. Well, Senator Cruz, it's always a pleasure. You take care of yourself. Best to you and your beautiful wife and hang in there.
2: Well, God bless you, Mark. Thank you for what you do each and every day.
0: All right. Take care of yourself. Senator Cruz, good man. Yes. I'll be right back. Mark lovin'. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast L-E-V-I-N-PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is Simply Smarter Wireless. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is the eve before the in-person voting in my home state of Pennsylvania. I have friends who support Dr. Oz. I have friends who support David McCormick. And some I see are supporting Kathy Barnett. I could never support her. I wish I could, but I couldn't. As more of her vitriol comes out, it's just not, it's not possible. I'm a constitutional conservative. That's what I am. I want people to go to Washington who are going to uphold the Constitution. And first of all, they need to be able to get to Washington. They will make mincemeat out of her on the Democrat side because of the awful social media posts, and she's also said if she loses, she won't support the Republican nominee. Now, there are instances where that's important, but everything's on the line now, folks. we got to take the Senate. So if you're not going to support the Republican nominee, why should people vote for her? I mean, we got to stop Schumer. we got to stop what's going on in the Senate. These guys aren't just fighting over policy differences anymore. The Democrat Party wants to Alter the country. You've gotten American Marxism, many of you. You've read it or you listen to it on audio. That's what's taking place. Now, we can't stop Biden. We can't stop open borders. We can't stop any of this. If we don't have some power, we have no power. So if some gadfly comes in and makes a couple good speeches or debate appearances, and says, wow, that's new, that's refreshing. It's not new and refreshing, her bigotry. Not to me. I haven't endorsed anybody in this race, but I can tell you who I wouldn't vote for, and it's her. And no, nobody's discussed this with me, not a single person. I'm looking at this myself. Isn't that what I do, Mr. Producer? I make up my own mind. And so I look at this, and it worries me a lot. A lot. Now, back in Pennsylvania in 1976, there were a bunch of young Turks, including me, who fought against the Republican establishment, fought against the, the renomination of Gerald Ford for President of the United States, and we backed Ronald Reagan. 1980, we backed Ronald Reagan. I know my state of Pennsylvania. It's a tough state to win. But if you take our principles and you articulate them, you can win. You had two me from there, even though he turned a little left. We had some great senators from there. Santorum was a great senator. But for George Bush... In the disastrous 2016 election, he would have been reelected. But all that said, there's a number of people to pick from in the Republican primary. And they're going to go up against this absolute radical left wing Bernie Sanders nutjob, lurch looking buffoon. We can't let that guy win. And so I'm just telling you. I could never vote for this Kathy Barnett. She's got a lot of very, very bigoted tweets out there. When it comes to gay people, when it comes to Muslims, look. You know the old line, some of my best friends are? Some of my best friends are Muslim. Look at Zudi Jasser. He's a Muslim. He's fantastic. It's Islamists. Jihadis who we reject. Right? So somebody like that, you're not going to win the suburbs. You're not going to win the women. And why rally around that kind of a position or that kind of argument? And so I won't be. No, you shouldn't. What about Oz, you ask me, in his past positions? Or what about Reagan in his past positions? What about McCormick and his ties to China. Well, what about him and his positions in really taking on China? I think both of those men can explain their backgrounds, can explain the positions they've taken in the past and so forth and so on, and they have. But when Kathy Barnett is confronted, confronted with her statements and confronted with her social media posts, she won't. Now, this isn't, party thing with me it's we've got to put somebody in that seat from a purple state it is hard to win Pennsylvania it's hard enough to win Pennsylvania who can make a difference and by the way who won't kowtow to Mitch McConnell who won't kowtow to Mitch McConnell but they got to get there first so this isn't a 40 yard or 50 yard pass there's no need for that just steady eddie run for the finish line and you republicans in pennsylvania you can do this i'll be right back ladies and gentlemen i want to ask you a question did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky that's right banks are now required to spy on us for the government and they report any behavior they think is suspicious it's true And I was shocked when I read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. This War on Cash is growing daily. And also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret World Cash free to my listeners by calling now 800 630 1492, 800
1: 630 1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here.
0: Dark Money. Washington, D.C. Dark Money. UncoverDC.com. The Nonprofit Center for Tech and Civil Life. Do you remember that? CTCL. This is the Mark Zuckerberg group that spent $417 million helping the Democrats behind the radar. Nobody realized what he was doing except the Democrats using grant monies to targeted precincts, boards of education, excuse me, boards of election to make sure that they were able to not just bring out the vote, but had enough of these drop boxes and on and on and on, including ballot harvesting. I don't think billionaires should be able to do that do you and yet while the left talks about billionaires all the time they don't seem to mind this anyway this group is called the center for tech and civic life this is the Zuckerberg front group and it's much like the Soros front group the open society foundation you know now promises it will refrain from funding midterm elections in the fall however the group also announced on Monday its nonpartisan collaborative, quote, unquote, to, quote, help local election departments improve operations, develop a set of shared standards and values, I'm quoting, and obtain access to best-in-class resources to run successful elections, unquote. Now, this Zuckerberg group benefited from approximately $350 million in donations from the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation. This is nonprofit money. They're supposed to be a non political, non partisan group helping the 2020 Biden campaign win in critical sites and cities across the nation. Much of the money was sent to Democrat strongholds and swing states, distributed in the form of grants. And in the end, hundreds of county and city election officials in 47 states and the District of Columbia received these grants, according to the Capital Research Center. Executive Director Tina Epps Johnson touted the Zuckerberg Center's newest initiative called the U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence on her Twitter feed on Monday. It is a five year, $80 million nonpartisan program, quote unquote, that's open to every election department in the nation, they claim. This CDCL says it has invited all U.S. election departments to be a U.S. Center for Election Excellence says the webpage for alliance the deadline for participation well it's over may 6 at 7 pm but it does appear there will be a selection process for participation as captured from their website every american voter no matter their zip code should have access to a process that is fair and trustworthy said tina epps johnson executive director unfortunately Years of underinvestment means many local election departments often have limited capacity and training. Oh, I wonder what she means. The U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence will bring together world-class partners so that local election officials no longer have to go it alone. Now, the U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence is being launched with generous funding through the Audacious Project. Now, that was launched in April 2018. The Audacious Project is a collaborative funding initiative that catalyzes social impact on a grand scale. Housed at TED, the nonprofit devoted to ideas worth spreading, and with support from leading social impact advisor, the Bridgespan Group, the Audacious Project convenes funders and social entrepreneurs with the goal of supporting bold solutions to the world's most urgent challenges. Okay. You know what this means. It's all left wing. Each year, the audacious project supports a new cohort. The 2021-2022 recipients of the Center for Tech and Civic Life. That's right. Zuckerberg's group. Climate Works. Drive Electric. Code for America. Glasswing International. The International Refugee Assistance Project. Nora Health. The tenure facility in the Woodwell Climate Research Center. The alliance is a place where election officials, designers, technologists, and other experts are working hand-in-hand to revitalize democracy. See what's going on? Private funding played a huge role in the 2020 election. Many believe that the funding, much of it provided by Zuckerberg, tipped the election unfairly in favor of Biden and the Democrats. While this group, the CDCL's 2020 income tax return form, indicates that it is a 501c3 and therefore does not participate in lobbying efforts, one could argue that the grants effectively manipulated elections because of the inequities in how the funds were used and distributed. With many of the grants going to Democrat strongholds, the funds went to multiple initiatives, many of which would have had to be initiated by state legislatures in any other election. So, Zuckerberg, through the back door, seized control of these local elections, these election uh, operations, I should say. The pandemic was used as a cover to justify the installation of drop boxes, mass mail-in boxes, and changes in all manner of election rules and laws, just to name a few. Influence Watch, the brainchild of Capital Research Center, examined their role in the election and found numerous areas where the grants were utilized. Ready? Ballot drop boxes, drive-through voting, personal protective equipment for staff, poll workers, or voters, poll worker recruitment funds, hazard pay, and or training expenses. In other words, walking around money. Polling place rental and cleaning expenses, temporary staffing support, election department real estate costs, or costs associated with satellite election department offices, vote-by-mail, absentee voting equipment, or supplies, Election administration equipment, voting materials and language other than English, and nonpartisan voter education. Influence Watch also used CTCLs, the Zuckerberg 2020 IRS Form 990 disclosure, to report the actual number of grants paid by state, including the amounts, while preserving the preliminary number reported by CTCL. And so the amounts are listed in the uh, in their tax returns. So you have like twenty five million spent in Pennsylvania as an example. I mean there's an enormous amount of money that's used to influence the outcome of this of this vote. Just as a comparison, twenty five million in Pennsylvania, forty five million in Georgia, but twenty one million in California. You you understand? Of course you do. Just an enormous discrepancy where they tried to influence these states. I mean, Wisconsin, frankly, relatively moderately populated state, over 10 million. Over 10 million. Vermont, they spent 77,000. An update look at the grant totals ranked by state found in an April 11, 2022 Capital Research article, show the states that were flooded. With the funding. Flooded. And Georgia was certainly one of them. Pennsylvania was another one. Wisconsin was one of them. Minnesota was one of them. Uh, Kentucky, I guess they wanted to knock off McConnell. Uh, I'm just looking. But you get the drift. Funding, private funding of elections currently set to continue in 32 states in 32 states. And so the influence of Zuckerberg and his ilk knows no limits. Knows no limits. The states that have considered bans have failed to ban or restrict private funding. Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, Montana, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. Case of Louisiana, Democrat governor. Michigan, Democrat governor. Missouri, I don't know what their problem is. North Carolina, Democrat governor. Pennsylvania, Democrat governor. So you can see the Democrats want this money. They want the Zuckerberg money. They want to influence the election illegally. And God forbid, if you even speak to it, if you even raise it, because then you'll be attacked by the Bush clan, the Cheney clan, and all the other buffoons in the Republican Party. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: Well, folks, these elections, as I say, particularly for the Senate, they affect us all, uh, even though these races are conducted within state boundaries. And another one of these races where we've taken a look is in North Carolina with Ted Budd running. I've endorsed Ted Budd He's running for the Senate, the Republican primary nomination. And I think the primaries tomorrow. Isn't that right, sir?
4: That's exactly right. Polls close tomorrow night in North Carolina at 7 30 p.m. Thanks for having me on, Mark. And most of all, thanks for that endorsement. Huge boost.
0: My my pleasure. So tell the folks how it looks, why they should vote for you. Give them your last minute pitch.
4: We started this about 40 points down and now we are showing a double digit lead. President Donald Trump has endorsed me. They know that I'm a conservative fighter uh, up against an untru- untrustworthy politician they know that I'm a small business person a gun store owner against a career politician they know that I'm Trump endorsed versus a never never trumper and they know that I know how to win tough races Nancy Pelosi's come after me I've beaten her versus a two-time loser so that's what this race is about and we're going to settle the score tomorrow night at
0: 7:30 now let me let me ask you about uh, Nancy Pelosi um She has, as you point out, specifically targeted you. But that should be a good thing in the Republican primary, yes?
4: It's a great thing because they know she came after me. I was in the toughest Republican district in 2018 in North Carolina, and she spent millions of dollars against me behind her hand-picked candidate, and I beat her by six points. And Mm -hmm. this time, Mark, I'm going to do it to Chuck Schumer because they're coming after me against the most radical person to ever run for the U.S. Senate in North Carolina, and that's what I'm going to be facing with Sherry Beasley here after tomorrow. I mean, we've got to finish up this primary. We need folks to go ahead and support. The polls are good, but we got to translate from polling into voter turnout, but the Democrats have coalesced behind a very radical candidate. She is running away from Joe Biden. She's running away from Kamala Harris. She's been too busy to visit them when Biden and Harris were in our state. But we know that she is a radical, she's soft on crime, and she's going to be just as bad on our economy.
0: Now, as for tomorrow, you have a ground game. You're going to be able to get out your vote?
4: Absolutely. So we have started our ground game over a year ago, and we are the only operation and the only campaign to visit all 100 counties in North Carolina. The other candidates said, hey, there's no votes out here in these rural counties, but we said every vote matters in North Carolina. We have a BUD crew chief in all 100 counties. That means somebody that organizes their activities and and gets poll workers out there. So we have a ground game. Uh, We've been out there. I've visited all 100 counties, and I feel very confident. But, again, we have to translate from good polls into great turnout.
0: And if people want to know how to help you or where to vote or where to get, you know, some information if they need it at the last minute, where do they go?
4: Easiest is my website. It's just tedbud.com. That's T-E-D with one D and bud with two Ds, tedbud.com.
0: Now, how long have you been in the House?
4: I came in in 2016 when I won and then sworn in just a few days before Donald J. Trump had the honor of working uh, together until Nancy Pelosi took back that majority, took her gavel back. And now I'm on the Financial Services Committee, have been since I got there. But when I sit down and the house on the financial services committee, Mark, I look to my, not just ideological left, but physically to my left. And I see three out of four of the squad. And then I look behind me uh-huh. and I see Maxine waters. And I realized that those are the people that want to take over American consumers, banking, their credit unions, their insurance, and their housing. And these people are off the rails. And so uh-huh. a lot of what we do, they say, what are you doing? I say, a lot of what I'm doing is stopping the worst of the worst ideas out there. So that's the fight that we're in. But we got to take back not just the House. we got to take back the Senate. we got to keep North Carolina. This is an open seat. And we got to put somebody up that's not a two-time loser, but somebody that knows how to win these tough races.
0: And there's no question that, uh, that you can win statewide. And if you get into the Senate, you'll be your own man, correct?
4: Absolutely. I mean, look, I'm, I've been a tough fighter. If my party's on the wrong side of things, I'll say no to them. They know that I stand up to Republicans. And that's the challenge, Mark. And you know this. I mean, this is uh, what you you have to talk about. Remind Republicans to be Republicans, be conservatives. You don't want to go there and fight all the Democrats and a third of the Republicans. Uh, We have the best ideas. We just got to remember to be conservatives when we're up there. I've stayed a true conservative. I'm in the Freedom Caucus. I've got a great set of friends. And now we need to go out there, win this U.S. Senate seat. Uh, and bring some conservatives to the U.S. Senate. I think we can do that starting tomorrow.
0: And I think, and you would, if you stick to your principles in the general election, you can attract a lot of moderate Democrats who are kind of fed up with what they're saying, no?
4: You know, I was accused of being, like, what is Biden saying now about this ultra MAGA? I'm like, mm-hmm. if ultra MAGA means lower grocery pri- prices, lower gas prices, uh, a su- lack of supply chain uh, uh, crisis, that moms can find baby formula, then call me whatever you want. But we Mm -hmm. see what Joe Biden's doing. I mean, he had every single turn has screwed up this country and Kamala Harris right there with him. And we know that Sherry Beasley is right there with him, even though she's trying to find herself to be too busy when they come into the state and she won't campaign with him. But she knows that her policies are a mirror image of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So she's no moderate. And we know that uh, the policies that Donald Trump had uh, absolutely worked for this country. I mean, it led to the lowest unemployment rate for, uh, for people of color, for Hispanics, for women. The lowest quartile of earners was the fastest growing quartile. It was working for everybody. Small businesses were thriving, people were coming into the workforce in droves, and now you can't find workers. We have over 11 million unfilled jobs in this country. So we've got to get back to the fundamentals that work for everybody.
0: What town there are you from and what, what area did you represent?
4: So I live right outside of Winston-Salem in, mm-hmm. here in North Carolina, it's where I was born. It's where I was door knocking today, but I live in a small town called Advance right on the Yadkin river. It's on a farm that I've been living on since I was about four or five years old. It was a, a Tyson chicken farm for many years and it still is a working cattle farm today.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So the, uh, the oh i just had oh these so the website is tedbud.com tedbud d.com all the talk is that over is ladies it. and gentlemen in north carolina now it's time to vote in person if you're voting tomorrow please make sure you do because uh, ted Budd is the guy he's the real real deal the conservative thank you my friend and good luck to you tomorrow
4: thank you for all the help mark
0: all right take care yeah i believe strongly and trying to help the most conservative candidate that I can identify in these races, or to oppose the most kooky or liberal in these races. And, uh, you know, we've backed everybody from Mike Lee to uh, Marco Rubio in the past, long Tea Party movement, Ted Cruz, uh, so many others I can't. We've usually been right. You know, we live in ites, but you do the best you can. And clearly, uh, Ted Budd is the uh, best candidate, in my view, in North Carolina. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount.
1: Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. Why is our border wide
0: open? How come nobody ever asks the question of the Democrats or the media? Joe Scarborough, as stupid as you are, why are our borders wide open? How come nobody asks that question of the Democrat media? Why are they open? This from Just the News. Border enforcement experts are warning that President Biden is harming America's national security with lax border security policies in pursuit of a perceived future political benefit for his party. Do you think that's why the corrupt media in this country will not question this? I think so. On Cinco de Mayo, Biden renewed his call for immigration reform that offers a pathway to citizenship for illegal immigrants residing in the U.S. Can you imagine? So we're going to have amnesty as he brings in more and more illegal immigrants. According to the latest figures, DHS has released more than 756,000 aliens encountered at the southwest border into the United States since Biden became president, not counting 146,000-plus Unaccompanied children released by HHS to sponsors and 620,000 aliens who evaded apprehension. Wow. it's a lot of people. Former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs informist Tom Holman, a real patriot. He's mentioned this because they, uh, he says they think they will be future Democratic voters and they don't even have to vote. They've just got to be counted in the census because, remember, they overturned Trump's census rule, too, which is going to result in more seats in the House for the Democrats. Well, what else explains it, ladies and gentlemen? That's why I call it the United States of the Democrat Party. What else explains all these moves they make? The trashing of our institutions, the wide open borders, the destruction of our economy, inflation, all the rest. Attorney General Meritless Garland recently announced the Department of Justice would allow asylum seekers to cite mental health as a way to qualify for legal status in the U.S., even if they have an aggravated felony on their record. That's a policy change from the past. Mark Morgan, another patriot, served as chief of the U.S. Border Patrol under former President Barack Melhouse Benito Obama, acting commissioner, U.S. Border Patrol, acting director of Immigration and Customs, under former President Trump, do you want to know why they were all acting? Because the Senate wouldn't act to confirm them. He blasted DOJ's rule chains for asylum seekers with criminal records. He said every single day, this administration does something that acts as yet another incentive for illegal immigration. And again, why is this so important? Is as illegal immigration continues to increase, our ability to effectively secure our border decreases. That's why we keep seeing, saying illegal immigration is synonymous with border security, which is synonymous with national security. But yet this is just another example probably hundreds that we could cite where they're just doing one policy after another to actually encourage and incentivize more illegal immigration. And he said he thinks most Americans would support turning away illegal immigrants with criminal records. Yeah, I think so. Brandon Judd, head of the U.S. Border Patrol Union, slammed the Biden DOJ's decision to adjudicate asylum claims from illegal immigrants with criminal records. If people know they're going to be able to come across our borders and be able to stay and claim a mental health issue and even get a doctor's notice, then that's just going to encourage more people. It's going to make America public less safe. How many people are killed by illegal aliens every year? Do we even keep that statistic? Judd said there are large stretches of the 2,000-mile U.S.-Mexican border that are wide open and drug trafficking is at record levels. Do you notice the media in America do not keep track of all the sex trafficking that's going on? On the border? They're no longer interested in cages where kids, where minors are kept. Have you noticed this? They're no longer interested in providing rape statistics. How many MS-13 types come in? They're not interested in any of it. Completely disinterested. The most dire situation right now, Judge says, is the amount of drugs that are coming across our border Noting in 2021, we had a record number of overdose deaths because of drugs. Those drugs are coming across our southwest border. Joe Biden has never gone to the border, not while he's been president of the United States. He won't go there. Because of what he's created, the mayhem, the misery The large gaps border in border security allow the cartels to dictate events, according to Judd. They're able to cross large numbers of illegal aliens, which then pulls resources out of the field because Border Patrol then has to respond to these people, has to take them in the custody. And when you take them in the custody, then you have to go back to the stations. You have to process those individuals. And when you do that. You leave large stretches of the border completely open. And when the cartels create those opportunities, then they're able to cross our higher value products. Whether that's drugs, criminal aliens, aliens from special interest countries. In other words, they're able to dictate to us what our operations are. He said Biden's policies on the border are far from humane because people are dying. Well, that just doesn't fit into any narrative that the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, Constipated News Network, MSLSD, and all the other corrupt media wish to regurgitate and project. It just doesn't create the narrative. That's the problem. And so they're not going to report it. Imagine that. Here was a piece I went back in The Atlantic... By, which is a liberal uh, magazine or website at this point. And it goes back almost 10 years, December 18, 2012. It's an opinion piece by Diana Sheets and the National Journal in the Atlantic, how demography became the narrative for Obama's 2012 victory. And what's the bottom line in this piece? What's the bottom line? Obama counted on minorities and women to win election and then reelection. And I remember, and I paraphrase, when Obama used to say, or one of them, maybe it was Biden, by 2044, the majority will be the minority and the minorities will be the majority. And I kept saying, how many times have I said on this program, Mr. Producer, why are they obsessed with this? So many times... So many times. Why are they obsessed with this? Because apparently it was they. Who were pushing something I didn't even know. Called replacement theory. It is they. The radicals. The Marxists on the left. Like Latcrit. Which indeed embraces it. So there you have it. So why will Biden visit Buffalo. When he didn't visit. Waukesha or he didn't go to the New York subway when all those people were shot and obviously the shooter's intention was to murder them and they were both different races of course and that's why it's that simple it's that, that's why cut 8 Corinne Jean-Pierre, I believe that's how you pronounce her name, go
1: How come the president is visiting Buffalo after a senseless tragedy there, but he couldn't visit Waukesha after six were killed and 61 injured in an attack on a Christmas parade there.
0: I mean, he's visited many communities. Buffalo, he was, we, you know, he was, he's able to go tomorrow to Buffalo uh, uh, before the trip. That is something
1: that was important for him to do. But he has visited many, uh, many other communities. This is not,
0: Buffalo is not the first community, sadly, that he has to go up to uh, because of a violent attack. So, you know, that's not, that's not the first one. So he's been to many. The others but he hasn't been to other mass murders like the one I mentioned and the attempted mass murder why is that that's not a sufficient answer why is that maybe Joe Scarborough can tell us he's got his head firmly implanted in Joe Biden's butt I'll be right back Mark I'm a little perplexed, folks. Although more and more I'm perplexed, I suppose. The uh, Putinoids who are so concerned about a nuclear war with Russia have shown no concern about a nuclear war coming from Iran why is that in fact when Donald Trump took out Soleimani the head butcher of the Republican Guard they condemned him they said it was provocative escalatory you may have heard these words before but they say that we're seeking a nuclear war perhaps with Putin and I'm thinking how come they never say a damn thing about the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran Because if this is their real concern, wouldn't they be arguing that we take that regime out before they get nuclear weapons? Because they don't have them yet. You understand what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? Sounds kind of phony to me. If you're really worried about nuclear war, how come you say nothing about Iran, ever? The Putinoids in the Republican Party, the Putinoids in the Democrat Party, you know, the Tulsi Gabbard types, and the Putinoids in the media. They don't say a word. Nothing. Strangest damn thing. But they're afraid of nuclear war. Oh boy, we don't have a lot of time left, Mr. Producer. Give me a caller, will you? A good one. Yeah, on the Mark Levin app, Rob in San Antonio, Texas, home of John Heggian and family, one of our buddies. Go right ahead.
3: Hi, Mister Levin. Uh, yeah, I, I'm called in. I'm talking about the way this inflation is going up. I mean, I'm I'm a deputy. My yes, wife sir. works in the school district as a nurse, and it hurts every time You're I go to the
2: whacked.
3: gas pump. Mm-hmm. I, I'm getting whacked. Yes, sir. We we all are. And, uh, we go buy groceries. I'm getting whacked. Yeah, I
0: terrible.
3: mean, what, what I could buy a year ago at $140, it's now costing me 250 Crazy. And, you know, I, I hate what's going on in this country. I hate uh-huh. what they're doing to our country. And it makes me so mad. I mean, uh, I, I, I just, I, I, every time I, I turn on the news and I see the, what we have, I I, got to watch my mouth. Uh, Yep. They, they sit on their head, their, their, their heads. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: they, they just do the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. It don't make sense.
0: the country has been turned inside out. And then when you try and defend our history and our principles and our traditions and our mores, you're called names. You're the one dividing the nation. You're the one, uh, Spurring violence, it's all uh, inside out. And when you have a corrupt media like we do, and a Democrat party that really has never embraced this country when you think about it, so I was talking about Trotsky the other night, this this permanent revolution, that everything needs to keep changing, and everything needs to be in a in a state of extremists, and on and on and on. And of course, when you attack the cops uh, which are there to uh, ensure that we live in a civil lawful society. This is what you get. You get violence, you get the murder right through the roof, this constant drumbeat on racism, you know, but for the media and the politicians and the activists and these billionaires behind the scene, we the people will get along just fine. We would, and we mostly do. And I know I, I really feel bad for you people on these uh, fixed incomes, whether you're a cop or a teacher and so forth, and there's going to be a point at which everybody's budget is affected. You run a police force and guys are in and gals are in these vehicles. Now it costs much, much more. School buses cost much, much more to run everything. And uh, we have an owner at WABC. His name is Katz. John Katz, he's called. And he's a billionaire and he owns uh, refineries and he owns the grocery chain in New York. And he was on the Fox Business Channel today, and he pointed out everything goes back to fossil fuel. The war on fossil fuel has resulted in inflation and has resulted throughout the economy, resonating throughout the economy, all this economic dislocation and hardship and impoverishment. And he's right. And we've talked about that, too. And they won't back off. They won't back, And they lie. They oh, were 9000 leases, but they won't allow people to actually drill care okay, how many leases you give out? It's like, you have a lease to live in our house, but you're not allowed to stay here. Okay, well, what good does that do? I wish you all the best, my friend, and be safe on top of everything else. You take care. And people are sweating. I know you folks are. We have more truck drivers who listen to this show than really any other show. And you're going through hell, too. The diesel prices are nuts. And uh, the fill-up-a-car... I mean, easy, 100 bucks, 140 and bucks. It's just crazy. And you need to understand that has nothing to do with Russia invading Ukraine. It has everything to do with Biden invading the Oval Office. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. You truckers out there, thank you. And we stand with the people of Ukraine. And we hope they win, big time. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Be well.